Psalms 46 says, I speak on the importance of listening tonight. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, or because of this, we will not fear, even though the earth is removed and though the mountains be carried into the midst of the sea, though its waters roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake with its swelling. There is a river whose stream shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacle of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her just at the break of dawn. The nations raged and the kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord who has made desolation in the earth. He makes war cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariot in the fire. Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Uh, Not every psalm is um, given with the idea of reflection, but this particular psalm is. It's a it's a psalm that asks us to consider creation and even the most horrific of natural catastrophes, and to pause. So it, it's appealing to us to consider something. And then it asks us to take a minute and think about it. How many of you are prolific readers? You like to read. Reading is something that you enjoy. How many of you reading is like uh, watching paint dry? It's just your least favorite activity. Okay. All right. How many of you would like to listen to something rather than read it? Yeah, I mean, and, and how many of you would just rather do something and figure it out through multiple errors and excruciating pain and uh, being humbled dozens of times. I think we've sort of all had in some of those those categories. Um, you can go to YouTube University and fail dozens of times before you actually get it right in today's world because the people on YouTube make it look so easy. You're like, well, just do this and this, and this comes together, and you're like, no, it doesn't. It does not do that. Uh, before service, Malachi and I were talking about plumbing, and I recently did a, a plumbing job at my house, and this is what I discovered. It, you get to know the people at the hardware store really well because about the third or fourth time you're walking in on the same job, they're like, oh, you're back. Yeah, I'm back. And you're there, you know, multiple times. And But uh, finally, when it's all fixed, uh, you feel like an Einstein. But if the guy in YouTube University was doing it, it would have been fixed the first time with no drips, No problems would have gone together just smooth and silky like butter. But in life, there are ways that we learn. And one of the best ways to learn is by listening. But it's one of the most challenging disciplines to develop because we're busy people. We're first and foremost really busy here. Then we're busy here. Guys, how many of you understand you can look up how many times people respond to a bell or a whistle that's not even going off, but they hear it here? 
Have you ever felt your phone vibrate in your pocket and it's not vibrating? We live in a very loud and a very busy and a very uh, a world that's filled with a lot of movement. And here the psalmist is saying, Selah, three times in this. So he's, he's asking us to slow down, to take it as the best that we can to take our foot off the pedal and to put on the brake and maybe even pull over and consider what's being said. How many of you can come to conclusions like a knee-jerk reaction, your reactionary personality. Someone says something, you just react. And then afterwards, sometimes you're like, oh, I, I reacted, and I shouldn't have reacted that way. Okay? And, and sometimes people are more reflective. Uh, and I'm not saying one is better than the other. I, I think that there's, there's, you know, something about uh, uh, each and one, each and every one of our personalities that is unique and just part of the makeup of who we are as people. But regardless of our personality, God still says, hey, slow down, settle down, get quiet, be still. And in that invitation, after he says, be still, he says, and, and know that I am God. This, this knowledge of God begins to become more real to us as we quiet our soul and as we listen. Let's read now out of Mark's gospel and see a discipline that our Savior practiced and one that I think would be good for us also in the busy world that we live in. Mark's gospel chapter 1, and we're going to be Again, by reading uh, the 32nd verse, we're going to read down through the 35th verse. said, At evening when the sun had set, they brought to him all who were sick and those who were demon-possessed, and the whole city was gathered together at the door. Then he healed many who were sick with various diseases and cast out many demons, and he did not allow the demons to speak because they knew him or they knew who he was. Verse 35. Now in the morning... Having risen a long while before daylight, he went out and departed to a solitary place, and there he prayed. So, our subject matter is taking time to pray. Sun has gone down, people are done working, the market is shut down in the Middle East, and if you know anything about European or Middle East culture, the evening meal is the big meal. It's a three-hour affair. People come in from the fields, people come in from the marketplace, people gather in their homes, and people celebrate the day. Everyone has responsibilities around the household, in the kitchen. If you've ever been to a Greek restaurant, the way that they book reservations in a true authentic Greek restaurant is first come, first serve. Once the restaurant is full, They don't accept any more reservations and they open at six and they close at midnight and people stay there for six hours. They stay there, they linger, they talk, they listen, they interact, they eat, they laugh, they interface with one another. And it's usually, you know, it's loud, there's dancing, there's, it's a, it's really, 
quite an experience. And if you've never done it, maybe that's something that you can consider adding to your want-to list. Uh, and But here's the point that I'm trying to get across here is that Jesus ministered to people until there was no one else to minister to. And then when he got up, it was still dark. So he only got a few hours of sleep. And ministering to people who are hurting takes time. And it's exhausting emotionally, physically, and spiritually. It's draining. And so one of the ways that we're renewed is through sleep, correct? Sleep is very, very important for us. But another way that we're renewed and strengthened is by spending time with the Lord. Those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. They'll mount up with wings as eagles. They'll run, not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. Isaiah gave us those instructions. So Jesus, not getting much sleep, rose up early. I believe that this was his pattern. I don't think it was just something that he did at the end of this particular day. I think it was something that he did every day. I think it was just his custom to get up. And we've been talking a lot in this prayer series about having confidence to talk to God because some people get tongue-tied when it comes to what do I say to the Lord? How do I begin? You know, what do, what do I bring to Him? How, how can I, you know, pray effectively? And we spent a lot of time going over that. But now we're at the portion of this series where we have understood that prayer is not just a monologue, it's a dialogue. I hope that you've gained some confidence in going and saying, Our Father who art in heaven, I reverence and honor and worship your name. I I hope you've come to the point that you understand his kingdom is the kingdom that matters the most, not our kingdom, but his kingdom, not our will but His. I, I hope you've become aware that He supplies your daily bread. That He forgives us as we forgive those that trespass against us. That He leads us and guides us around temptation for His namesake. That He protects us and does, pro- and, and, and does more for us than what we could ever imagine. I hope you become more comfortable in coming and conversing with Him. But isn't it easy just to go and converse with somebody and then not reciprocate and listen to what maybe they have to say. And this is what I want us to consider in this listening portion because we may linger here for a couple weeks. Is there's a, a time where the Lord's ears open to our prayers and he just wants to hear from us just like any parent likes to hear from their children when they come home from school or if they spend the night at a friend's house or they went and did something, they want to hear about their experience. But then there's a time also when we're done communicating, we're done bringing our needs, our petitions, our desires, our concerns before the Lord, that maybe we become comfortable enough that we start asking questions. 
Because that's when the Lord begins to respond. As long as we're telling him something without an intention of really hearing his perspective on it, then he'll be all ears. His ears are open to our prayers. But what about those moments where we need counsel, we need direction, we need insight, we need wisdom, we need a sense of timing, we need some understanding? In those moments, I... In prayer, where we're not quite sure, Scripture says, call upon me and I will show you great and mighty things that you know not. Which means that if I'm going to know something I don't know, I have to listen. Because when I'm talking, I'm sharing everything that I do know or I'm aware of or desire or want. But the way that I learn is not by talking, it's by listening. The way I learn about somebody else is by listening to them. Some people are more open and, and, and then some people, it takes a little while and then they become more comfortable in communicating. But that's how we get to know people is when they're sharing, when they're interacting with us. And that's how people get to know us. Well, that is a wonderful illustration of how our relationship with the Lord is. It's, it is communicating to him, but it's also him communicating to us. So this is where I'm going to land just for a minute. You guys ready? In order for us to be still and to listen, this is what we have to believe. God still talks. Are you guys with me? He still communicates. He's still Talks to us. Now, there's some people that don't believe that he does. And how sad that is for them. What a blessing they're missing out on. This is how I know he talks. And I'm not going to linger on this point long. But scripture says, those that come to God must believe that he is. And what else? They must believe that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. We must believe that he is. And if we believe that he is, we believe that he, by his nature, wants to communicate with us as his children. Because that's how he identifies himself with us. He's the father and we're his children. We're his beloved. We're his offspring. We have been brought in to his family. So this is how I know each and every person who's born again believes that God speaks because he calls us by name. He calls us to himself. It's the only way you can get saved. The only way that you and I can call upon the name of the Lord and be saved is that we believe God has called us to himself. We have felt that pull, that nudge, that prompting in our heart that I need to come, I need to come to Jesus. I need to confess Jesus. I need to believe in Jesus. This is not a work of the intellect, but this is a work of God's spirit in our spirit. So where does God communicate to us? In what part of our being? Because man is a spirit, he has a soul, and he lives or dwells in an earthen vessel or a body. The outer man is temporal. The soul and the spirit are eternal. The spirit is apart from God, dead, 
we are dead in trespasses and sin. The spirit of man is alive because of the resurrection life of Christ for those that are born again. You're alive unto God. And your soul makes up your mind, your intellect, your will, your emotions. All those faculties are your soul. And our soul is busy. How many of you, your soul is busy? And, the, and, and <laughs> I'm with you. And <laughs> the Bible says to still our soul. Is this, we live in a busy world. When you walk into your house, one of the first things that we do in the Western world is if it's too quiet, we make noise. And we turn on the TV. We want the microwave going. We listen for the hum of the refrigerator I mean, anything, we want to go outside and start the lawnmower, just some kind of background noise. Most people to go to sleep today have a hard time sleeping in silence. They have white noise in the background or or some music. Uh, sometimes they listen to scripture. There's a, a, my mother, if she was here, will tell you that 80% of the time she falls asleep. How? front of the tv she's been you know my mom has been by herself now almost 20 years yeah i begged her to get married like 15 times my mom's a catch i'm like get married she's like nope been there done that and like i'm not going to train another man and i said all right you know that's good (laughs) and uh so she's uh she she yeah, um, she, she's got the ball game on. There's background. You walk into my mom's house, uh, there's always some kind of sporting activity or, or ball game on, or she's watching the market because my mom likes to pill around in the market. And she's 83, let her pill around in the market. It's perfectly fine with me. So what is that that we need to do to get still? Just find a time and place and be consistent. And for some of us, that's a little bit more challenging. But it can be done. And the reason I say it can be done, because if Jesus did it, we can do it. Who had more demands on him than Jesus? No one, no human being that had ever lived or will ever live had more responsibility and more people pulling on him and wanting his time and attention than Jesus. We think about famous people in our culture and sometimes how hard it is for them to get away from the paparazzi and all of the the, the fans and those that want to, you know, get a picture with them or get an autograph or just say, I was in the vicinity of them. Imagine being a very successful public figure, politician, entertainer, athlete, no matter what field it is, even ministers. There's some ministers that that in some people's eyes are just like so famous and they can't really go anywhere without some kind of security around them because people you know, are harassing them or not even allowing them to sit down and have a meal with their family at a restaurant. 
doesn't even compare to Jesus. And I want to share with you why, and then I'm done. Because as famous as some people are, they can't heal you, get rid of the leprosy, forgive the sin, restore the relationships, calm the storm in your life. Only Jesus can do that. These other people, yeah, I mean, it's it's great to say, I mean, I have Polaroid pictures of me, and for the guys in here, you'll like this if you're of this age. I have Polaroid pictures of me with Andre the Giant. He's got his hand on my head. He's got his hand on my brother's head, and we're up. We're trying to give him the claw, right? But he didn't save my soul. He didn't forgive me of my sins. He didn't heal me of my diseases. He didn't get rid of the demons that are trying to harass and buffet me. He didn't calm the storm in my soul that this world and all its busyness created. Only Jesus does that. And when people found out he did that, he couldn't go anywhere. Have you ever read through the Gospels, Jesus ministered to someone and then he told them, Don't tell anyone. You want to know why? Because he needed to go somewhere and rest. He needed to go somewhere and eat. He needed to go to the next village. But they were so excited. They didn't hear, don't go tell anybody. This is what they heard. Go tell everybody. And they did. And hopefully, we carry that same attitude. Let's go tell everybody. But in order to tell them something We have to hear from him first. And we know we hear from him through his word. We know we can hear from him through others. Messengers or ministers, brothers and sisters in the Lord. And we know we can hear from him by his Holy Spirit. And these are things we have assurance of. That God still speaks. Amen. All we have to do is get quiet enough to hear and start asking questions. Start asking questions. Over time, you'll get the answer. You'll get the insight. He'll speak just at the right time. Amen. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that it encouraged or inspired you to God's best. If you have any questions about today's message, need prayer, or would like to learn more about Living Word Fellowship, please call 641-828-7119 or visit us at lwfknoxville.com.